when my wife and I first started dating, we had just started our, our graduate program. She in a, a master's of uh, counseling and psychology and, and my master's of divinity. Uh, that's what you get when you want to become a pastor, just so, just so you know. Um, but we were in separate parts of the country. Uh, I was in California, she was in Seattle. And so when I, I visited her uh, toward the beginning of this time, I went to a class with her and, and the professor she had told this very interesting story related to our, our Bible passage today. And, and the story began like this. The day that I came to faith, I had taken a lot of hallucinogenic drugs. <laughs> and so high as a kite, he wandered into a small church where the pastor of that church was preaching on the book of Numbers, chapter 22. So before we continue with that story, let's read together um, Numbers 22. Just a quick, quick uh, introduction. The, the story begins with a, a famous sorcerer or, or, or false prophet or prophet or, or, or spiritual seer named Balaam, uh, who is offered great riches to curse God's people. Now, Balaam, like most of us, is, is both a sinner and a saint. There are times in, in this story when, when he is unwaveringly committed to only doing what God wants him to do and say, which is sort of surprising uh, in, in some ways. But, but in this part of the story, the assumption is, is that Balaam is setting out to, in fact, put a curse on God's people. So this is where our story picks up. Uh, Numbers uh, 22, verse 21. So Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went with the Moabite officials. But God was very angry when he went, and the angel of the Lord stood in the road to oppose him. Balaam was riding on his donkey, and his two servants were with him. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand, it turned off the road into a field. Balaam beat it the donkey, to, to get it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a narrow path through the vineyard with walls on both sides. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it pressed close to the wall, crushing Balaam's foot against it. So Balaam again beat the donkey. Then the angel of the Lord moved on ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no room to turn, either to the right or to the left, when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it laid down under Balaam. And he was angry and beat it with his staff. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth, and it said to Balaam, What have I done to you to make you beat me these three times? Balaam answered, naturally, as you do, You have made a fool of me. If only I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you right now. The donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your own donkey, which you have ridden always to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? No, <laughs> he said. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with his sword drawn. So he bowed low and fell face down. And the angel of the Lord asked him, Why have you beaten your donkey these three times? I have come here to oppose you because your path is a reckless one before me. The donkey saw me and turned away from me these three times. If it had not turned away, I would certainly have killed you by now. But I would have spared the donkey. <laughs> this is the word of the Lord. 
Thanks be to God. Okay, so with or without drugs, this is a strange story, right? Um, but it was made even more bizarre because the pastor in that small church was reading from the King James Version of the Bible. This meant that the story being heard by Maya's professor was not about a talking donkey, but about God speaking through Balaam's ass. <laughs> right? Are you, are you following? Apparently, for someone with a history of taking LSD, a talking animal wouldn't have been that strange. But talking body parts totally freaked him out. And so, uh, when the pastor mid-sermon started referring to Balaam's donkey, he was so relieved that he almost fell over. He was so relieved that he almost started crying. Now, I, I don't know exactly what it was in that story that caused this conversion moment, um, Perhaps it was that deep sense of relief. Or, or maybe the story of someone traveling down a reckless road resonated with him at that point in his life. Well, whatever it was, something became clearer for him on that day, and it changed the direction of his life. Now, Epiphany is this season that we're in after Christmas, when we now have the opportunity to take advantage of the light we have this opportunity to see more clearly and more honestly, which can change the direction of our lives and our world. But when the lights are turned on, there's a good chance that we'll see something that will totally freak us out. There's a good chance that shining the light into the darkness will reveal something that we would rather not see. Perhaps we don't want to see the pain that we've experienced at various points in our life. Maybe we don't want to see the ways that we've hurt others. As a society, maybe we don't want to see our dark history or the reality all around us. So we close our eyes, we, we turn the channel, and we stop listening to one another. But, but I'm guessing that at this point in our lives, we've all figured out that closing our eyes won't make the scary things go away, right? January 27th, this past week, every year, is Holocaust Remembrance Day. Are you aware of this? Uh, where we remember, we remember the terror and the evil of the Shoah or, or, or the Holocaust. It's terrible, a terrible, terrible evil. Of course, we don't want to see it. Obviously, we don't want to look at something like that. But if you go to any Holocaust museum or you attend any Holocaust remembrance event, the most important message that you will hear over and over again is remember, remember, remember. Open your eyes. See what happened and don't forget lest it happen again, right? Deuteronomy 4.9 is, 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 is written um, in the U.S. Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C., on the wall, which says, only guard yourself and guard your soul carefully, lest you forget the things your eyes saw. Make these things known to your children and to your children's children. If there is to be any healing, if there is to be any good future, we have to see. We have to keep seeing. We have to listen. We have to deal with both the good and the bad in our past and in our present. 
Balaam is, is traveling down a reckless road, completely unaware, in a scene that is intended to be somewhat comical. For those of you familiar with the Harry Potter stories, Balaam here is sort of like Gilderoy Lockhart. Is anybody familiar with, with that character? Uh, this, this, this character who's ridiculously overconfident, which is covering up gross incompetence, right? Lockhart in those books is a famous, he's famous in the wizarding world because of his, his many well-published books about his own greatness, the books that he wrote himself about himself. And in the same way, Balaam is this famous magician, sort of this seer, spiritual um, prophet who is supposed to have this, this amazing spiritual ability to see. He's supposed to be able to see, and yet his donkey has better vision than he does. Balaam is hired because of his, his powerful and prophetic voice to be able to bless and curse people. And yet his voice is silenced by the voice of his donkey. He boasts, Balaam boasts of having this incredible knowledge or this incredible wisdom that comes from the Most High God. And yet he loses the debate with his animal and is forced to admit, I guess I didn't know. I guess I didn't understand. He's been hired to change the course of history by putting a curse on God's people, and yet he can't even direct the course of his own, his own life down this path. Balaam ends up looking like a fool because he's too concerned about looking like a fool. He can't see. He's, he's sort of this cartoonish figure who serves as a warning. Don't let your pride or your self-image, or sense of identity, or your brand loyalty get in the way of seeing and listening. I, I think about this um, when it comes to many of the conflicts that our own family has had throughout the years that, that appear to start with our kids misbehaving, but quickly devolve into everybody else misbehaving. This is the, the arguing in the back of the car um, type of a situation until eventually I swear and start yelling, if you don't stop, I'm never buying ice cream again. Or if you don't stop, you're grounded for the rest of your life. Like completely ridiculous threats. And then, of course, one of our kids will respond, mom, dad just used a swear word. You know, those types of, of conflicts. And now, eventually we arrive home and we go our separate ways and things calm down a little bit. And but there have been a number of situations afterwards where we're, my wife and I are trying to untangle all of the complexities of our family conflicts. And there have been several occasions when she's asked me this question. What bothers you most? Is it the actual behavior of our kids? Or is it what you think that behavior says about you? How rude, right? <laughs> Be careful about marrying a therapist. <laughs> but it's true. There, there's truth in that question. I do get anxious that my kids' behavior or their grades or the things they say or the things they're involved in or the things that they're not involved in will reflect poorly on me as a parent, as a person, as a pastor. 
And when my sense of identity and self-image get involved in these type of situations, it makes it really hard to listen. It makes it really hard to see. It makes it really hard to see our kids or, or, the, or the people in our lives for who they are instead of who we want them to be. Balaam's identity as a, a great spiritual seer or prophet was called into question by, by his donkey, which made him feel foolish, which made him angry, which meant that he never bothered to look around to see why they had veered off path. He never bothered to see what might have caused his donkey to do something his donkey had never done before. And in his anger, he never noticed the obvious signs that the path he was on was getting narrower and narrower and narrower. He was on a reckless path and he didn't notice. It's hard to see and to listen when seeing and listening feels like losing something important about ourselves. Let me, let me say that again. It's hard to see and to listen when seeing and listening feels like losing something important, either about ourselves or about something that we love. But, but looking at our struggles and our failures and our foolishness, honestly, it doesn't cancel out all of the good and beautiful things about each of us. It doesn't cancel out the, the good and beautiful things about our families or, or about our nation or about whatever culture we're from or a part of. It doesn't cancel out the good things about our faith for us to look honestly at the ways that our faith has failed or the way that our religion has failed. When we think about Holocaust Remembrance Day, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't cancel out the ways that our faith was involved in, in, in rescuing people to talk about the ways that Christianity allowed the Holocaust to happen. We have to be honest and look at both the good and the bad in our past and in our present if we're going to be able to see and listen and remember. Looking at all of it isn't going to cancel out the good things. To the contrary, it has the potential to make us better and to make us stronger. Once Balaam's eyes are opened and he sees, the king still wants him to curse God's people. So Balaam looks at the people that he's supposed to curse and he listens to God. And when he opens his mouth, he offers a blessing. And the king can't believe it. No, I want you to curse them. Try again. So Balaam looks, and he listens, and when he opens his mouth, he offers a blessing. No, I want you to curse them. Try again. So for the third time, Balaam looks, and he listens, and he opens his mouth to offer a blessing upon the people that he was supposed to curse. In our divided world, perhaps the most important thing that we need or, or the, the blessing that we need is the seeing, is the listening. That seeing and listening is a blessing, that, that seeing and listening is a blessing that we can give 
to one another. Please pray with me. Jesus, we pray that you would open up our eyes so that we might see you, so that we might see one another, so that we might see ourselves. We pray that you would open up our ears so that we might listen to you, that we might listen to one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.